0: Thank you. Welcome back to Pocketville of Crime, my weird friends. A true crime podcast brought to you by yours truly, me, Rachel. Thanks for dropping back in this week. I wanted to bring you something Halloween related, but also something not too terribly long and detailed because I've had a really busy week and a busy weekend and this week's busy for me. So we're just going to hop right into it. This is the Thrill Killer. This week takes us to Staten Island, New York. My first episode outside of Colorado. Staten Island is one of the five boroughs of New York, along with Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and the Bronx. Population was estimated in 2018 at 476,179. Staten Island is the least populated of the five boroughs. Staten Island is the only borough not connected to the New York City subway. The Staten Island Ferry connects the boroughs across New York Harbor to Manhattan, this being a tourist attraction with views of the Statue of Liberty. Here are some fun facts about the Staten Island real estate market. Single females made up 18% of home sales this last year. Married couple buyers are still on the decline, making it a three-year decline streak. Also, single women purchased more expensive homes than men this year. 92% used a real estate professional, making it only 8%. For sale by owners that's what we like to see. I'm only licensed to sell in Colorado, but he's a professional. We know what we're doing. I promise The thrill killer is known as Richard Beegenwald. He was born august twenty fourth nineteen forty in Staten Island, New York. There isn't a whole lot about his home life or anything about his parents other than he was beaten as a child quite often at the hands of his alcoholic father. The abuse must have been pretty significant because, at the young age of 5, Richard set his own house on fire. He was then sent to a psychiatric center for observation, Rockland County Psychiatric Center to be exact. By the time he turned 8 years old, Richard was already drinking and gambling. By 9, he went under electroshock therapy at New York's Bellevue Hospital. So if you don't know what electroshock therapy is, it's a treatment where seizures are electrically induced, and that is supposed to relieve patients from mental disorders. The studies are pretty poor for this treatment, but it says that they were only 50% successful and patients typically relapsed within 12 months. Now, this treatment is still being used in Europe and is said to be the most effective short-term treatment for patients with depressive symptoms. Richard was placed in the state training school for boys following his shock treatments. During his time at the school for boys, he was accused of stealing and trying to convince other boys to escape with him. He would visit his mother back in Staten Island, but would often steal money from her And when he was 11 years old, he set himself on fire in his mother's house. You heard that right. He set himself on fire. He was 16 by the time he graduated from the eighth grade. Once he finished up the eighth grade, he was then placed in high school, where he dropped out only a few short weeks later. After dropping out, Richard made his way to Nashville, Tennessee, where he then stayed for two years. And during this time, he stole a car in Nashville and was arrested in Kentucky for transporting a stolen car across state lines. And following that, in 1958, he then returned to Staten Island. Richard was 18, living with his mother in Staten Island when he and a friend stole a car again. They drove the stolen car to New Jersey where they stopped at a small grocery store equipped with a sawed-off shotgun. Richard went inside, shot the 47-year-old clerk, grabbed $100, and fled. Two days later, Richard, still accompanied by his friend, were pulled over in the stolen car for speeding in Maryland. The officer approached the car, Richard fired twice at the officer, he fell to the ground, and the two fled. Again, not determined where or exactly how soon after the first incident, Richard was pulled over once again for speeding. Same scenario. The officer approached the vehicle and Richard fired two shots. This time he missed and the officer fired back. Richard was hit and the officer was able to kick the gun out of his hands while Richard was trying to reload. He and his friend were both arrested while in custody Richard's friend sang like a canary, and spilled the beans about the officer Richard had killed prior. The two were charged with murder and even faced the death penalty. Richard was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole, while his friend got 20 to 30 years. In prison, Richard met a man by the name of Darren Fitzgerald, and he was in for armed robbery. Now, this name becomes important later in the story. Richard spent only 17 years of his life sentence and ended up being released in 1974. After his release, Richard worked odd jobs and met a pretty 16-year-old by the name of Teresa Smith. She was a neighbor of his mom's in Staten Island. He was engaged to Teresa by 1977, but meanwhile, Richard had not been reporting to his parole officer Richard was also a suspect of a rape case under investigation. So in June, 1980, Richard was arrested in Brooklyn and ended up making Teresa, his bride in the house of Brooklyn detention. This is the second case that I've covered where they've gotten married in prison. The rape charges were dropped due to the victim failing to identify Richard in a lineup, but Richard did still serve six months for his parole violation. When released, Richard and his new bride moved to Asbury Park, New Jersey. They moved into an apartment managed by none other than a very familiar name, Darren Fitzgerald. Yes, the same Darren that he had met in prison. Let me introduce Maria Cilella, born in 1964. And I apologize if I butcher the pronunciation, I googled this and an Italian voice made me look real stupid. Maria was a bright athletic high school student only 17 years old when she went missing. Halloween night, 1961, in Ocean Township, New Jersey, 17-year-old Maria asked her dad for money around 6 p.m. and stated she would be back by midnight. She only asked for a dollar. This was in 1961. I wonder what a dollar got you back in 1961. Maria failed to return that night, so her parents alerted the authorities. The police made her parents aware that an officer on duty that night had spotted Maria around midnight walking towards the direction of her home. The officer was held up on another call, but returned 10 minutes later to offer her a ride home. But she was nowhere to be found. Two years then passed with no answers for Maria's family. January 4th, 1983, in some underbrush behind a Burger King, two boys spotted a body. The body was fully clothed with no obvious signs of sexual assault. There were, however, four bullet holes in her head. The body was identified as Anna Olesiewicz, 18 years old who had gone missing August 28, 1982, from Asbury Park Boardwalk. This name will pop up later at the end of the story. Richard's wife, Teresa, went to authorities after the discovery of this body and told them her husband, Richard, had confessed to the murder of Anna. Richard had told his wife he would take people at random and kill them for the thrill of it. Once police took a dive into Richard's background, a warrant to search his apartment was arranged. Police lured Richard out of the apartment, but Darren Fitzgerald seen the commotion and hid himself in a hidden room surrounded with weapons. I'm not quite certain exactly what a hidden room is, but since this apartment complex was managed by Darren, he obviously would know of such things. Detectives got Fitzgerald out of the secret room by threatening to shoot him through the walls. The search of the home turned up an abundance of weapons and illegal drugs. Police confiscated several pipe bombs, handguns, rifles, shotguns, a machine gun, oryphenol, chloral hydrate, marijuana, a live puff adder, which is a venomous viper. Also confiscated was a venom collecting apparatus and floor plans to several homes and businesses nearby. Fitzgerald was questioned, and he told authorities Richard showed him a body in his garage. His reasons for killing her were for, quote, business reasons. Along with the body in the garage, Fitzgerald pointed the authorities in the direction of two more bodies in Jersey. Fitzgerald then brought investigators to Richard's mother's house in Staten Island, where they discovered two more bodies buried in the backyard. They discovered Maria cut into three pieces inside a trash bag. In the shallow grave, the body of 17-year-old Deborah Osborne was discovered. She had gone missing from a bar in New Jersey that previous April. Medical examiners were able to identify Maria's body using dental records. The examination also revealed two bullets in Maria's head. The cause of death was the gunshot wounds to the head. She was cut into three large pieces after she had died, then placed in a trash bag to be buried. Maria's clothes and personal items, though, weren't found in the trash bag along with her, so it's unknown whether these items were discarded or if Richard had kept them as trophies. In 1983, Richard was found guilty of killing Anna, the body discovered at the Burger King. He was sentenced to death on that conviction. He then was convicted of killing a William K. Ward, who was a 34-year-old drug dealer. Richard then pled guilty to killing Maria and Deborah. However, Fitzgerald, Richard's jailhouse friend, struck up a deal and served only three years out of a five-year sentence. Somebody that knew of these bodies and their locations got out in three years. Richard was still suspected of a handful of murders in this time, but Richard died in prison in 2008. He died March 10, 2008 from a combination of respiratory failure and kidney failure. The known victims of Richard include Stephen Sladowski, John Patrone, Maria Toloa, Virginia Clayton, Deborah Osborne, Anna Elisiewicz, William Ward, and Betsy Bacon. You know what time it is. Yep. It's time to lighten the mood with. Another one of my corny jokes. What did the bra say to the hat? You go on ahead. I gotta give these two a lift. That wraps it up for the Thrill Killer. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to give me a rating. Go follow me on Instagram at Pocketful of crime, where I upload photos from each weekly case so you can put a face to the crime. Join me next Wednesday for my next episode. Until then, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, Mom.